ain't gon' buy no rock. Don't go hit my nun, ain't gon' fuck my lung. Now my car, my love, plug gon' set me up. Big gon' set me up. I went tired, yeah. And it's like that car. And she wiki, huh, huh, like a wiki, huh, yeah. Oh my god, hold on, huh, not so tipsy, hold on, yeah. So in love. So in love. Welcome back to the Bromar Show. I am your host, Bromar, and this is a Bromar Show Christmas special. Now, this is the very first time the Bromar Show has done a Christmas special. Typically, around this time, we would be going on vacation, but because of the pandemic, it's like there really is nowhere to go. Like, come on now. I mean, there is, but it's it's just not the same, you know? It really isn't. And then, of course, with our families, them celebrating it virtually, like... I mean, there's really no point of going out and traveling outside of town. So I guess we could thank the pandemic for giving us the opportunity for the Bromar Show to do a Christmas special. Now, what does this Christmas special consist of? Uh, Well, it's pretty much just free range. Just kind of see how to make things a little bit more jolly this year because of uh you know the elephant in the room that we have been talking about for like the last let's see march april may june july i don't know over six seven months now (laughs) i lost track of time like that's how bad it has been so have lots of jam-packed content for you uh we'll be talking a little bit about cyberpunk 2077 i also found a youtuber that decided to do a bit of an acapella challenge to this album and your boy might be giving that a shot to one of the verses, so I'll talk about that and do that here in a couple moments. Today is the first day of winter, and honestly, this has been one of the most anticipated days this year. I mean, there's obviously Christmas, and then there's New Year's, the most anticipated days, and you have Thanksgiving, Halloween, but what is it? that makes it different this year. The 21st of December, not only because it's the first day of winter, but why is it special? Um, There has been some trending news and tweets about how people are excited for the 21st of December. And And some people have tweeted and said, yo, I just can't wait. I'm getting ready to get my superpowers on the 21st of December. (laughs) And a lot of people... Yeah, have been just making this whole thing a meme that they were excited to get their new superpowers. And look, I am too. I'm excited to get mines too, just because we know 2020 is going to be um, one hell of an end of a year. And I just think we got to arm ourselves to fight back against the evil forces. Now, this is not going to be an, another Marvel movie because, uh, you know... <laughs> Their level of production, it's, yeah, it's different than ours. However, we might be creating something similar to the Avengers. I don't know. The Avantadors, uh, I can't really think of a name yet. The American Psychos, uh, no, that doesn't work. Ah, oh, man. I got to think of a name. The East Side Crusaders, uh, especially those who live on the East Side, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, man, I just, I don't know. But, yes, the 21st of December has been a highly anticipated day of the year. And to be honest, to this day, we don't know why. We just know that we were going to be guaranteed something and we'll find out what it is here in like, I don't know. uh, Let me look at my time here. About a couple hours, actually. But hey, I'll keep you up to date 
exactly what happens. I might forget by then, but hey, if, if something really strange out of the ordinary happens, I'll let you know. So, I could do a whole review about the Cyberpunk 2077 game, but I feel like I haven't played all the storylines or all the different paths you can take on that one because this game, it has a lot, and I mean a lot of content. And with a lot of content, thus come some consequences, and which is the performance of the game and whatever system you're playing it. I know PC people were having trouble with it. Console people were also having trouble with it. Now, they've released several updates to make the game a little bit more playable, and it doesn't have to crash the whole damn time. And looks like I may have to uh, optimize my PS4 just so I can play Cyberpunk, or last resort, I'll have to upgrade to a PS5, which uh, I don't know if I want to do that. If uh, if it improves my graphics, then hell yeah, dude, I'm, I'm doing that because... It's a really neat game. It really is. And regardless of all the glitches and all the problems it comes with, it's still a really good game. Like, it's just so immersive, and I think that is what they did really good with. You have other games like Fallout 76 that are completely buggy and glitchy that it's it's not even worth it. And I mean, I'm not sure if Cyberpunk is glitchier than Fallout 76, but... Compared to 76, like, this is, it's nothing. Like, 76 still, uh, it's really, really bad. <laughs> oh, man. And I guess also just because it's focused single player. And I think that's, that's what makes it different. And I know with Fallout 76, it's more multiplayer. So, so far, the best review I can give it right now is a 7 or an 8. Uh, just because, again... You know, there's still some things I have to fix. I'm still playing through the stories. Not completely 100% done with it just yet. So I'll go ahead and just keep it at a 7 slash 8. Or 7.5 to be more precise. Depending on the mood, the day, whatever. Or depending on how often it's crashing on me. <laughs> but yeah, um, not a bad game. Now with the release of Cyberpunk 2077 came the memes, of course, obviously. Now, most of it is based on the story or is based on the amount of time it took to release this game and uh, <laughs> the performance of it. We're not going to focus on that now. What we're going to focus on is more of like some experiments here, basically. And Essentially, these would be called engineering fails or experiment fails, whatever. But I would like to call them Cyberpunk 2077 moments because, as you know, Cyberpunk 2077 takes place way into the future where you have humans that are like cyborgs and have cybernetic enhancements, all this mess, and drones, and yeah, set really far in the future. So a lot like Watchdog Legions except more advanced. And surprisingly enough... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, Watchdog Legions, I believe, took place way after Cyberpunk 2077, and Cyberpunk is way more advanced than Watchdogs in that regard. So we're going to go ahead and take a look at some of these Cyberpunk 2077 moments, and the first thing I'm going to share here with you is there is this outlet, right? And it looks like they're outside the U.S. because their outlets are a little bit different than the ones uh, we have here. And so in order for them to improvise, <laughs> uh, this guy uses two toenail clippers, plugs them into the sockets, and then just somehow plugs... <laughs> 
plugs him to like the um the extension cable, the American version of it, into some outer America version of an outlet, which makes it compatible. Uh, let's see. What is another Cyberpunk 2077 moment that I see? Okay, there is a bike with a really big-ass wheel in the back. Like one of those pedaling bikes. That's another Cyberpunk 2077 moment. Another one here is some guy has a wooden scooter. Now, this wooden scooter, it's more like a tree branch. It's more like a log. And I'll find some way to post these on Instagram just to kind of see what they look like. So, um... Yeah, that way you get an idea of what I mean by a Cyberpunk 2077 moment. Uh, of course, some some smarty here is using a straw as like a faucet. <laughs> and apparently it asks if it comes with a filter. My favorite one here is, is the central cooling system. Someone straight up tapes one of those uh, small air fans to the ceiling upside down. And yeah, that's their Cyberpunk 2077 moment. Yeah, essentially that is what a Cyberpunk 2077 moment is, is when someone just, there's no explanation behind why or how they did it, but they just did it. They just designed it and improvised it the way they did. No explanation. So, your boy here encountered something unique. Now, I've already acknowledged on Instagram that the best part about Tyler the Creator's Earthquake has to be Playboy Cardi's part, you know? Now, you might be asking, well, why is it very important? Why is that part so important, so different from that entire track? Well, it's simple. It's because he's just mumbling. Like, <laughs> he's just having fun with it, basically. And I know a lot of people have had so many negative stances against mumble rap, in which I understand, but, like, you do realize that People don't really care about the lyrics, which is fine. And if it's one thing that mobile rap has made me realize is that the only thing people care about right now is how they feel. That's basically it. Because knowing that it has a pretty pretty hard beat, right? It's like you don't really pay attention to the lyrics. Now, I already established my stance on mobile rap in seasons ago. We're not going to talk about that right now. What we're going to talk about is the fact that there was this guy that literally made Tyler the Creator's Igor album, but he only used his voice as the instrument. So basically, it's an acapella of the entire album. And I'm not going to lie, I kind of like this. Now, of course, obviously, my favorite track of that album has to be Earthquake. And you know why? Obvious, because of the Playboy Cardi part. And by the way, this guy said he was going to release his album soon, and soon didn't come enough. Um, some guy named Mario Judah beat him to it, and and Judah warned him, "Hey, I'm gonna release that album if you don't." And he actually did it. <laughs> he actually released an album, like his his own whole lot of red album. It's crazy. I know. Keep jumping off track. I know. I get it. <laughs> but um, I'm gonna go ahead and show you a clip of what the earthquake acapella version sounds like cuz you make my earthquake 
ain't got body rough. I'm here for my love. I'm up for my love. I'ma call my love. Plug gon' set me up. Big gon' set me up. I'ma tie it up. He ride like the cop. And he wiggy. Like who wiggy? Oh my god. That my titty. So in love. So in love. I'm in love. My goodness look i mean that honestly was quite a masterpiece i'm not going to lie and your boy here i wish i could do this challenge how can we do this challenge all right all right you know what we're gonna do this we, we got this we're gonna do this we're gonna do this all right right we're, we're let's just pull up playboy cardi's part and we'll just uh yeah we'll just mumble to that all right let's let's go ahead and try this ain't gonna bother up don't go here on up ain't gonna fuck my lungs now my call my love, plug gon' set me up, big gon' set me up, I went tired, yeah, and it's like that car, and she wiki, huh, huh, like a wiki, huh, yeah, oh my god, hold on, huh, I'm so tipsy, hold on, yeah, so in love, so in love. So honestly, this part was a little bit more difficult than I thought producing because I thought that, oh, you know, all you gotta do is just mumble through it, no. It, it's harder than you think. And I guess this is my new appreciation to mumble rappers because, like, going from enunciating words to, like, completely mumbling them was a struggle. Like, it really was. And I had to take a couple takes in that part, the Playboy Cardi part. And I'm just like, I can still understand what I'm saying. The, the goal of that verse was to, like, sound and make ourselves sound like no one can understand us like it's just to completely mumble the crap out of that and yeah i had to take a few takes i know this is crazy um so now i understand why playboy cardi is taking a sweet ass time releasing that that album so um yeah i'll go ahead and provide a link to the video because that whole album is like an acapella version it's just it's just his voice and the reason why i'm putting the link of this in the description is because if i just told you that the name of the youtuber uh well the the username is very not youtube friendly and also i i can't say that word either so um i'll, I'll leave it for you to investigate and leave the link in the description and let me know what you think about that whole entire acapella album not my voice because you know your boy here already knows what's up it, it, it was it was it was a fucking mess producing this honestly but i had fun nonetheless the Bromar Show, a little bit of everything with Angelica, and Where Did the Rabbit Go all collaborated in this very unique episode. And in this episode, it was done entirely in Spanish. Now, there are some bits and pieces where it's Spanglish, but I'll explain here a little bit more about that. So the hosts from each corresponding podcast, we speak Spanish. And we all have different backgrounds from where we're from. So you have me who spent majority of my lifetime here in the U.S. And then you have Angelica who spent majority of her lifetime in Canada. And then you have Marcos who is from Germany but is currently living in Mexico. So I will let you listen to a clip from the Spanish episode in which we all collaborated in and... And I don't know if you are a Spanish speaker or not, but if you want to translate, feel free. Uh, use Google Translate or, I mean, I don't know if we even have the technology for this, but just copy and paste this audio file and just translate those parts. 
Wait, hold on. We actually do have the technology for that. I remember now. So here's what you can do. So you are going to need two devices, whether it be a computer or iPhone, one and one or two of the two, whichever works. And so what you can do is put the episode on speaker and then let it run for a couple of sentences. And what you do is you get a device that has Google Translate and try to make Google Translate pick up the audio coming from the speaker. And then it'll translate it as close as possible. Now, it might not be very accurate, but this is, I would say this is one of the biggest steps in technology has ever been made. So I'll go ahead and let you listen to this clip from the collaboration we all partook in. So here it is. Muy bien, muchas gracias. Well, um, estoy muy agradecida que ustedes pueden estar aquí conmigo y yo quería conocer más de tu podcast y también para la gente que están escuchando a nosotros. So, Marco, si quieres hablar un poco de tu podcast y de qué. Ok, pues muchas gracias por invitarme. Primeramente, pues sí, mi nombre es Marco. Tengo 41 años y um, soy original de Alemania, pero tengo ya 14 años viviendo en México y soy maestro. Y pues siendo maestro me gustan dos cosas. Una cosa es hablar, puedo hablar todo el día si quieren. Y pues la otra cosa es la curiosidad, el aprender. Y pues um, eso es mi trabajo, el enseñar, el ser maestro, pero también pues va muy bien con lo que es un podcast. Y... He escuchado podcast ya creo que durante más que una década y, y decidí que ahora es el momento también hacer mi propio podcast. Te digo también de, de qué trata o... Ya, yeah, <ríe> um, oh, Muy bien. Um, pues trata prácticamente de cosas que tienen que ver con el uh, pensamiento crítico, con la curiosidad y un poco con el, uh, el escepticismo. ¿No? Son cosas que me motivan mucho a... Um, Creo que ahorita en, en esa época, en ese tiempo, hay mucha desinformación en el Internet eh, y mucha gente ya no tiene el hábito de cuestionar un poco lo que está consumiendo. ¿no? Um, como toman el contenido que ven por algo cierto en sí y muchas veces pues caen en la trampa y creen mentiras. Y de eso me gusta hablar un poco. Entonces la mayoría de los episodios soy yo hablando solo sobre algún tema que es Estoy investigando um, un poco más al fondo, pero también tengo algunas uh, entrevistas ya con, con gente que a mí me da mucha curiosidad aprender un poco uh, sobre lo que hacen ellos. Pues ya he tenido ahí una, una actriz, por ejemplo, um, un, uh, una emprendedora, he, he tenido um, una reportera hace una semana y pues uh, también a ti tenía, de hecho fu fuiste mi primera entrevista. Sí, muchas gracias por la invitación porque era una experience uh, que me gustó mucho hablar contigo y conocer que tenemos cosas similares. So, gracias. Sí. Ok, Bromar, díganos de tu podcast y de qué es. Uh, yo soy Bromar uh, del, del show de Bromar, el nombre del podcast, y tengo 25 años y yo estoy ahorita en los Estados Unidos hay la verdad eh, es como estilo bien este 
como si liberado, no hay como cierto tema, como aunque se va yendo más un poco para la a cultura de internet, es lo que ahorita me estoy más enfocando de que ahí es donde la mayoría de uh, mis uh, temas yo los encuentro ahí y este... Y la verdad empecé a hacer podcast como en 2017. Ahí más o menos me gradué de la universidad y este y, y me gradué con este un estudio de comunicación y este en radio o algo así. Y empecé a trabajar así part-time uh, o tiempo medio en una estación de radio. Y ese momento no estuve en el aire y entonces para que yo mantenga... Uh, mi habilidad de o mis este mis habilidades de básicamente lo que aprendí en el aire en la radio de, de la universidad eh, empecé haciendo un podcast y solamente era como clips de uno o dos minutos y no era, no era así tan grande pero como cuando se fue el tiempo noté que más personas estuvieron escuchando y entonces de ahí este empecé como experimentar un poco y a ver este qué pasa si hablo de este tema y todo eso y entonces de ahí este decidí este re, renovar el podcast uh, llamado el show de Bromar y entonces de ahí es cuando ya decidí vamos a poner como este un tiempo que vamos a sacar episodios Uh, por ejemplo, antes era de que cada mes o cada otro, cada otra semana. Y luego de ahí ya decidí, ¿sabes qué? Vamos a tener un poco de consistencia. Y entonces de ahí ya decidimos, o decidí yo, este, cada semana un episodio, aunque sea. No importa si es corto, si es largo, pero uh, que se enfoque así lo que ahorita está pasando en básicamente en la cultura de internet, todo eso uh, y eso es la verdad lo que uh, lo que ahorita ya este, está aprendiendo un poco más del, del show Muchas gracias uh -huh. y hay que dejarlo lo mejor por último <risa> <risa> which is me <risa> no, quieren <risa> bromeando uh, so para algunos que no conocen, yo soy el host de A Little Bit of Everything With Me. Comencé el podcast hace dos años. Um, era una, era un, es un hobby y no pensaba que lo voy a hacer, pero lo quise, lo hice y aquí estamos después de casi dos años. Uh, yo nací en Canadá. Uh, tengo 30, difícil decir 31 años. <risa> Pero yo con el podcast quiero a, a conocer la, la historia, pero la journey de la gente profesional y cómo llegaron para hacer, hacer sus éxitos. Y nosotros podemos aprender mucho de otra gente como, how do I say this, like their journey of life. Uh, but, so this way, nosotros podemos conocer los lo duros que es para ser very successful y um, también yo hablo de un poco de televisión los programas como 90 Day Fiance y tengo un show que yo tengo con un co-host se llama Shower Karaoke y son cinco veces al día que estamos sacando episodios uh, soy una persona que hace de todo y por todo un poco hay algo para todo so, es el show 
Mm, muy interesante. Gracias. Muy interesante. Ya, es mucho trabajo, pero you know, me gusta y tengo una pasión para hacer el podcast. So, again, aquí estamos con los dos ustedes y esto es algo diferente para mí para ser un español y, you know, this is crazy. <laughs> Now, there's definitely more to this and if you want to check out the full Spanish episode, go ahead and head on over to a little bit of everything with Angelica and take a listen to its entirety. You might not understand it if you're not a Spanish speaker. However, like I said, if you want to put the work into it, grab another device with Google Translate. Grab another device with Google Translate and just play the episode on speaker and do it by a couple words or sentences, however you could guess them. And hey, you may learn something, but that's pretty much a little fun thing all three of us did. All right, hold the phone, hold the phone, hold the phone. We got we got some interesting stuff to talk about because your boy here, he went to university, all right? And, you know, it was fun. It was some fun years. It was really pricey, and it took me a pretty long time to pay off those student loans. But uh, nonetheless, I still think the experience was worth it because I learned a lot about myself, and I actually gained some skills that, you know, hey, in case I, for some reason, want to start my own business, I, I feel a little bit more confident, and I can just keep trial and erroring until something clicks. And so this brings me to an article I found on npr.org and I have a whole bunch of them from them actually right now. The title of this article is Losing a Generation Fall College Enrollment Plummets for First Year Students and this was written by Alyssa Nedwarney. And there's even I think a 7-minute listen to this. And so it goes to the story about a guy named Brian Williams that all through high school he has planned to go to college. But because of the pandemic, it eroded the final moments of his senior year. Like many others, the student began to second guess that plan. And he stated that he was terrible at online school. He was barely interested in logging in for his final weeks of high school and being online for the first semester at Houston Community College felt unbearable. And You know, he knows that it's what works best for him and doing stuff on a computer doesn't really stimulate him in the same way an actual class would. And even paying for college was always going to be hard. And I mean, obviously, it's college, of course, but even more harder to justify the expense during a pandemic. And of course, because of the pandemic, I mean, people lost their jobs. So, of course, it was going to affect their income, especially here with Williams. And he said he had no money for it and he's not trying to go into debt and pay that for the rest of his life. In which, dude, I agree with you 100%. You had no idea how many years it set me back trying to pay this off. Like, it's one reason why I moved back in with my parents is so I can pay off the student loan debt. And guess what? I managed to. Imagine if I didn't have the student loan debt. I would have already had my own car and perhaps even my own place. And so far, I mean... I have my own car, so it's all good. But yeah, he wondered if college in 2020 was really worth it. And again, that question has come up so many times. You know, is college worth it regardless of the increasing cost? And is it worth it to still go into debt into? And 
in previous seasons ago, I remember I made an episode about it, just how, I mean, even though you are likely to go into debt and you may not major in whatever you plan to, let's just say you are a cashier or a dishwasher in a restaurant, your chances of earning more income is still high. Like you will still earn more income compared to someone who went to high school and immediately started working in that same position. Now, the rate, the pay rate might be the same between you and the other counterpart, but I'll tell you this, there's a likely chance they'll give you more hours just because you graduated with a bachelor's degree. And I, that's the way I see it, and that's the way I've kind of noticed it go down. So, yeah, this question comes up very frequently, whether college is worth it. To be honest, I would not recommend going into debt for that. I would recommend actually saving up and then starting. I honestly would. Because from there, it gives you enough time to actually decide what you're doing and to actually decide whether school's for you or not. And I know some people would like to go into trades and, you know, we're like, oh, you know what? I prefer trades. I, I'd rather do trades. I'm more comfortable with trades. I'm more comfortable with working with my hands compared to someone who's like, oh, you know what? I kind of just want to work inside in my own office or something like that. So I, I mean, if there's some way or somehow to attain that in the shortest amount of time possible, I'll do it. So it's just one of those things. It's just based on personal preference and whether or not you want to make that investment. So I would definitely suggest, yes, take you know a year off or two to save up money for college. And then from there, who knows? Maybe you're going to be like, you know what? I don't know about college. And maybe I'm not interested in college anymore. Heck, you know, I'm now interested in getting my own place, getting my own car. And it looks like I saved up enough money to do that. So I'll go ahead and do it. That's just the way I think about it. But I mean, it's 2020, the end of 2020 specifically, and still in a pandemic, so who knows? And yeah, there is hundreds of thousands of students who decided to put off higher education this year. And this is according to the National Student Clearinghouse, that undergraduate enrollment this fall declined by 3.6% from the fall of 2019. And that's more than 560,000 thousand students and twice the rate of enrollment decline seen last year. So Doug Shapiro, who leads the research center at the National Student Clearinghouse, he stated that the pandemic is largely to blame for this year's drastic declines. But it's also true that attending college has been on a decade-long downward trend. And yeah, college enrollment nationwide fell 11% between 2011 and 2019. And this is according to the Clearinghouse. And yeah, with the pandemic, I think it, it might have sped things up a little bit. Now, here's the thing about what people have been saying about colleges and universities that they're likely going to die down around 2027, maybe 2030, sometime in the future. And to be honest, I mean, I wouldn't know. It is possible that they could be dying down, but... At the same time, I mean, that's kind of a little bit too far ahead into the future. But yeah, the cost of college has been increasing by a lot. And of course, people feel less discouraged to attend college. And now with the pandemic, it looks like it could be accelerating that process. So perhaps we will start seeing a huge decline in college enrollments. And I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, because there's now, as you have trade schools there's a lot of demand for people to work in the trades. 
And depending on the occupation, some trades they really can't be replaced just because they're very hard to automate. And I think stuff like that that requires manufacturing or building does have to have a little bit of the human element. Because while yes, machines can think logically and all of that, the human element well gives that kind of like hmm, you know what? It looks like by chance this didn't work out. So here is the backup. It just kind of steps in there. So yeah, I just find this article interesting because there's just been a lot of talk throughout the years whether college is worth it and if college is ever going to make it in the future. And because of the pandemic, are we going to see it now? So I think those are the questions I might be asking in regards to this article, and we'll probably be wondering for some time now because again things have changed a lot, especially this year, and we might get to see that here come up. And knowing that not a lot of students now are going to be living on campus, does that mean that universities now have to change their business model now that they have to? Well, they have to now price it down. And reduce their prices to well. If you're taking online courses, I mean, it's a lot cheaper, so you have to pay less just for online courses and hybrid courses. I mean, yeah, maybe a little bit pricier just because there is again, it requires a bit of resources for people to meet up. So, and I don't know, it's just interesting. And now I've seen applications or websites like Teachable or Udemy where people now. Upload courses online, and perhaps this could be like the new way for people to teach. So I don't know. It could be one of those things that we might start seeing some changes in regards to education, at least. So because we are close to Christmas, we are during Christmas week. I feel like it is appropriate to talk about the top gift you can give to someone, and at least explain to them. And my list—it's pretty short, like. There really isn't anything too big, but I know that my gift giving process evolves a couple steps: price, place, and I guess practicality. And that's what I tend to do sometimes. I tend to make it a little more practical. So I'll go ahead and just mention my top three here. So the first one is money. Now this comes in many different forms. It can be cash. It could be one of those. Gift cards like Visa gift cards that has like fifty dollars on it, or it can be a certain amount of money to a place they can go eat, like a Steak and Shake gift card, or、uh, let's see, what's another one?、Uh, do they have Five Guys gift cards? I'm pretty sure they do. They have gift cards for everything, maybe even a DoorDash gift card. So with money, you know, straight up cash, a gift card, whatever the case may be, or a gift card to their Favorite place to eat or favorite place to shop, and I guess the more specific, the more thoughtful, because you can just hand somebody twenty bucks, and then it's like、uh, spend it on whatever you want. They can get like something within that budget, but along with that, if you hand them like a fifty dollar gift card to their favorite dessert place, it's like oh, they know I love that place, and I'm thankful they. We're that specific about it, you know. So now I can see some people say, "Oh, that's not really thoughtful. That's kind of like the easy way out," or you know, you're not really again thinking on it. You're just, you know, whatever, just doing it because you know, because you have to or whatever. In which I mean, which is why 
Christmas cards exist, okay? Because at least you can put a note and say, hey, thanks for all you did. I really appreciate it. You really have helped me out this year and I definitely think you deserve this. You know, like that's why there's the purpose of gift cards, just to eliminate that process of like, oh, well, he didn't put a lot of work into it or she didn't put a lot of work into it. So that's just one thing. Also, if you plan to give out cash, make sure you, you know, give it with a card and just write a note, you know, saying thanks for what you do, whatever the case may be. Another one I would say is an experience, like a trip or, I don't know, a couple plane tickets. And I mean, I know they could be pricey, but maybe get them like, oh, hey, I got you two passes to go to your local laser tag place. Maybe your uh, your nearby amusement park. That's another one if they're even open. <laughs> um, but I guess it all depends on what kind of experience you're looking for. And of course, obviously what's open. And then last but not least, well, you can always do the white elephant gift exchange thing. You just set a certain budget, like $5 is the max you'll spend on a gift and you get to pick a name and then you just basically, yeah, surprise them. (laughs) Give something off wish or something. That is uh, my last advice in regards to giving Christmas presents, even though this premiered way too close to Christmas and I probably should have released this a little bit sooner than later but you know this year was a little bit different it wasn't really as Christmassy as I thought so it was a lot easier to procrastinate trust me anyway this is all going to be it for me thanks again for listening and make sure you follow the podcast on Instagram which is at the Bromar Show. And on that page, you can also find a new link to the new Bromar Show webpage, which is at bromarmedia.co. Make sure you go ahead and follow the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play. And make sure you go ahead and share with your friends. Time to let the word out for the Bromar Show now that we got ourselves a little bit more stabilized, a little bit improved. So that way, we can see what things we can touch on and what things need to be changed and all of that. So thanks again for listening and until next time.